This episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast is sponsored by Kyla Chantel Cosmetics. Kyla Chantel Cosmetics provides luxurious, eco-friendly cosmetics designed with you in mind. Have you ever purchased cosmetic products from a beauty counter and returned home with no idea of how to properly use them? This is a story we've heard too often and the buck stops here. When you purchase the Pretty Vital Brush Collection from Kyla Chantel Cosmetics, you will receive a luxurious seven-piece brush set with affirmative labels that guide you through your makeup application. This purchase also unlocks your exclusive access to complimentary tutorials and webinars provided by professional makeup artist Kyla Chantel. Side note, I use these brushes in my personal makeup application and I absolutely love them and I travel with them everywhere I go. So don't hesitate. Head on over to kylachantel.com shop to purchase your Pretty Vital brush set from Kyla Chantel Cosmetics today and follow Kyla Chantel Cosmetics on Instagram at Kyla Chantel Cosmetics. Now, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. You know, I honestly feel like when it comes to style, there is a double standard. There is certainly a double standard. Like, for instance, you'll see a smaller woman wear a crop top or dress sexually provocative. Oh, yeah, hot, hot, hot. But then another, what when a plus size woman does it, it's a problem. You know, it's it's, it's frowned upon. It's looked, it's looked upon in a negative way. There is a double standard when it comes to fashion. But I believe that there are no rules that apply. Um, and the limitations that society puts on us, we have to be the limitations that we put on ourselves. And that's one of the things that I have to work with my clients to break down. Like, because we've, it's been, it's been beating our heads. Yeah. Um, if it's not, you know, your friends, it's your family. What did your family tell you? Did they laugh at you when you wore something different? You know, did they make you feel uncomfortable? You know, we really have to have these conversations about where it starts. And a lot of times for a lot of my clients, it is plus size people or people in general. It starts at home. What were you taught at home? about how you should feel about yourself, how you look, how you should dress. And for instance, my, one of my clients, she's like, I've always worn black, but the day you put me in color, I've never been the same. Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get real answers, and practical tools to grow their businesses. My name is Aquia Robinson, and I'm a makeup artist, beauty educator, and the creator of Friends in Beauty. I created Friends in Beauty to support like-minded creatives, just like you, on their quest to connect, network, and build genuine relationships within the beauty community. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to success and longevity in the beauty industry, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty, Aquia Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I am so happy to have you here, and I hope you're listening to this episode in high spirits and in good health. If you are a friend in beauty, I welcome you to join the Friends in Beauty Facebook community. If you're looking for a community of like-minded, ambitious friends in beauty to virtually connect with, network, and share resources, then click the link down below in the show description to join our community. And I'll be there to welcome you with open arms. Also, follow Friends in Beauty on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty. What I like to do is something called the Friends in Beauty Friday feature, where every Friday I spotlight a different friend in beauty and their accomplishments. So no matter how big or small you think it is, I want to shout you out. I want to send you some good vibes. So all you have to do is use the hashtag FIB Friday feature and tag Friends in Beauty on something that you have accomplished. And I'll share it with the community. Additionally, make sure you're following me on 
IG because every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I go live for the Friends and Beauty podcast after party, just sharing some different takeaways and gems from the previous day's episode. So tune in for that as well. Additionally, the Friends and Beauty podcast is available on several platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And whatever platform you are listening from, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into the Friends of Beauty podcast. I appreciate you so much. And I would love it if you would leave a five-star rating, a review, a like, a comment, a share, a subscribe, something to let me know how you feel about the Friends of Beauty podcast, okay? And last but not least, the most important thing is to share the Friends in Beauty podcast with your other friends in beauty, your family, your friends, anybody that you think could benefit from the information that is being shared. Share, share, share a way to help me grow the Friends in Beauty community. Now, on this episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast, I welcome my friend in beauty, Atara, to the Friends in Beauty guest chair. Atara got her start in the beauty and fashion industry over 12 years ago at her alma mater, Compton State University. After receiving numerous compliments from her peers on campus about her makeup, the thought of doing makeup on others began to cross her mind. So in January of 2009, she launched her makeup business. She has since had the honor of teaching and mentoring other aspiring and seasoned artists who sit where she once sat, as well as serving hundreds of women, men, and brides. But then a pivot happened. It was March 2020, and the pandemic had a shutdown. We all know how that was. And then a few short weeks later, in April 2020, her mom unexpectedly passed away, and she began to question everything. And it was then that she knew she didn't want to waste any more time. She wanted to go for everything that was hers while everyone else was becoming more relaxed in their clothing options during quarantine Atara slowly discovered what helped her with her grief process was being able to get dressed up and Atara dresses okay style is what has helped her to heal and now she uses style to heal others in December 2020 she officially launched Atara Styles her current venture as a plus-size wardrobe stylist and image concierge. And in March 2021, a year after the pandemic hit, she went all in and decided to slowly put down her brushes and quickly pick up her hangers. And it has been a beautiful yet blessed transition. I had such an amazing time chatting with Atara, and I'm so excited for her new venture. In this interview, Atara shares all about her role as the plus-size style mother, what that decision was like for her to close that chapter of her 13-year journey as a makeup artist, the changes she'd like to see happen in the plus-size fashion industry, how style and confidence aligns, dating as a plus-size woman, what's next for Atara Styles, and so much more. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this chat with my girl Atara and if you prefer to watch the interview then tune in on YouTube enjoy welcome to the friends and beauty podcast Atara thank you for having me it's an honor Aquia I am so excited you have no idea because you're popping so I knew I had to have you on the friends and beauty podcast for sure with all the changes that you've been making in business all the achievements and everything I had to have you on the podcast to talk about it girl I'm excited, but girl, let's talk about you. You've been popping. Let's talk about that. First of all, let's give you this mm-hmm. little be, You know, I'll be low-key. I'll be doing that. I'm so happy for you. I'm Thank so happy you. you. Before we jump into the interview, I have to ask you some icebreakers just to get us warmed up um, so the Friends of Beauty audience can get to know you outside of the world of beauty and fashion. 
So the first one, just give us three random facts about you. I'll say the first thing is um, before, when I looked at career choices growing up, one of the things I always wanted to do, even though I'm not a great singer, I always saw myself wanting to be a backup singer. Okay. Like I was just obsessed with like the, how they all are coordinated, the way they dress. Like I'm like, I see myself doing that. Like I would have a blast doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, second random fact is, unless nothing else is absolutely available, I only eat with plastic. Plastic forks. I keep plastic forks in my purse. Okay. All that. Like I hate metal in my mouth. Just this feeling of metal in my mouth. So <laughs> I'll eat with plastic. Um, and the third fact would be, hmm, I don't like watermelon. I don't like it. You ain't black. <laughs> you ain't black, it. y'all. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to take my card, but I just can't get with it. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see why though. Cause no, sometimes it's not good. Sometimes yeah, like, you got to get the miss. good, good watermelon. Sometimes it's not right. good. Yeah, it's a hit or miss for sure. And this is random. Did you ever have braces? Never, never, never. Like she said, she'll like metal in her mouth. Yeah, it's just the feeling of it clanking against my teeth. Like any type of like metal sound, like let's say you're making eggs with a fork. That drives me nuts here in the scraping. I can't take it. I got you. I got you. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do people always tell you that you're good at? people say I'm good at is bringing people together like in my circle I'm always like the gatherer the planner they love the events that I have so I think I'm think I'm really good at just hosting events and just bringing people and connecting people I'm a connector yeah I can attest to that it's always an experience when the tar (laughs) puts something together um when's the last time you did something for the first time I've been asking people this question a lot lately me and my daughter took our very first mommy and me vacation this was the first time that it was just she and I we had a blast she loved every moment like she did really good on the plane like it was fun that was our first mommy and me vacation oh that's cute that's cute I love that I have these things called pod decks I don't know if you've seen them but they be asking. I've seen it. Yes, what I heard. <laughs> crazy questions in here sometimes. But I have a what the heck deck and a would you rather deck. Which one you want? All right, I go for what the heck. What the heck? I go for it. You know, they be crazy sometimes. I did not make this deck, so I cannot control the questions that come out. <laughs> Give Atara a good one. A good what the heck. Okay, this is cute. Um, describe your sense of humor in one word I would say it's offbeat like (laughs) some stuff that I find funny might not be funny to other people like I can watch a TikTok over and over again because it's just funny and then somebody else might be like they don't get it Mm -hmm. but I yeah I just I would say it's offbeat a little bit okay I like that I like that do you have (laughs) any um pet peeves dirty fingernails absolutely hate it absolutely hate it yes like yeah that's one of my biggest things and I think that's yeah probably one um Another one, I guess, is like someone, a person who flakes like all the time, like they just never, just mm-hmm. never commit. Like, yeah, I would say that one. And um, that's that's kind of about it. The dirty fingernails, girl. Ooh, that be driving me crazy sometimes. So, you know, somebody shaking your hand or interacting with you. Yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, if you weren't the plus size style mother. What else could you see yourself doing other than being a backup singer? <laughs> okay, so I've always thought of being like a casting director. Like I could see myself have like sitting on behind a table and people coming like, oh yeah, that's that's who you want for that role. Like uh-huh. you know how many lifetime movies are just biopics that come out? And you're like, why did they pick that person? Like right. I just know that there are other there would be something better in mind for that role. So 
I think for me, that would be one thing. Um, another thing I could see myself doing is being an editor of a magazine. I love writing. I used to be a copy editor for my high school yearbook. Mm-hmm. So I think I could definitely work in a magazine uh, setting. That's probably it. Or a talk show host. Like I would love to have my own show, maybe. That day. would be cool. You could do look, you could do all that stuff now. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I think the cutest thing was you and your daughter taking a vacation. Like I love, I love that. That's really nice. We need to go somewhere. Like she's already ready for the, <laughs> already ready for the next one. Whereas me, it's like I need a vacation from the very first one. Because yeah. one thing I learned is, you know, I'm a solo traveler for the most part. So it's a different world when you're traveling with your kids. Like it's a different, it's a whole different. I needed the vacation after that. (laughs) And that's one thing that I have not done as an adult. I don't think if I do go somewhere by myself, it's I'm like meeting somebody there or it's for something. So it's going to be people, but I've never taken like a solo trip before. I tell you, every time I've went, no lie, I have always met someone because I think generally when you're on vacation, people are generally more friendly and open. Mm-hmm. So you will always meet somebody and you'll yeah. meet other solo travelers. So go mm-hmm. for it, girl. You better. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to try it out. So what I like to do when I interview people that I know, I always ask them, like, do you remember how we met? Yes. I started following you on Instagram from Tayana Robinson when I was I was following her and I think your page came up as like people that you met like you know how it kind of starts showing you like different yeah, accounts and things that may be so associated with you what you've been following so mm-hmm. I started following you from there and it was like wow I love her work that and I and I think when you had your class I believe it was 2018 that's when we officially met in person but Prior to that, we just interacted a lot on social media. Yeah. And I met you in 2018 and we've been stuck together ever since. So, you know, <laughs> as I'm a proud skin student. Yes, you have played such a role in my journey. I could not tell my story without Aww. you. Aww. Yes, as a makeup artist, as a friend in beauty, like, yes, you have. Thank you. You have been one of my biggest supporters. Like ever since I've started, you've always supported everything that I've done. So I'm like super duper appreciative for you. There will be an award one day. You'll be surprised. Uh, yes. Okay. I'm going to break my record then. A whole plaque with your name on it. But yeah, I think I remember something similar. I think I remember you taking like Tayana's, um, like the small class that she had, like it was like an intimate group of y'all. And I don't, I think maybe Allison might've been your model for that. Yes, she was. Yes, okay. she was. Yeah, Allison was your model. And I remember seeing the Allison, work. I was like, yes, this, is, this is bomb. So I think I remember following you from, from that too. Social media. So tell us a little bit about what you do now, like currently for your clients. I am a plus size wardrobe stylist and image consultant, or what I would say, image concierge. My work has me exclusively serving most of my clientele right now is plus size women, but I would also serve plus size men. Um, and I do a lot of work with them in the areas of styling for like personal, if they want a personal stylist, like my everyday woman who needs to upgrade her closet. Yeah. I also do a lot of brand styling. So I have women who are, I call them my plus CEOs, my pluspreneurs, and they come to me and they're like, you know, look, Atara, I'm ready to you know, upgrade my brand, but I need the styling component to match. And I feel like a lot of people, when they have brand shoots, they often forget that, you know, your wardrobe is a major part of that investment. If you're going to invest in the photography, the makeup artist, uh, the location, all of that, make sure your clothes and everything else is also taken care of. So I give my clients that, that experience of being taken care of because branded photo shoots tend to be for, well, 
you come to Tom Styles, it's a production. So I'm making sure that every detail is considered. So it's nice to have that taken off your hands. Because when you're trying to book, for instance, within my agency, let's, let me back up a little bit. The Tom Styles agency, I have a team of different, I would call them partners, agency partners. So I have photographers, I have makeup artists, hairstylists that I can send my clients to. So we're a one-stop shop. So I take all of that off your hands because most people, they don't want to go on Instagram, hashtag Baltimore makeup artist, hashtag Baltimore hairstyles. Then you got to inquire, find out that they're available. You got to coordinate all these different schedules where if you come through me, yeah. I have you covered because I'm booking everything for you. I love that. That's a whole experience. I love that because if you're not in our industry, like you really would not even know where to start. And I can imagine that being like super overwhelming for people. Especially if I have a client that's coming from out of town, like I've had a few out of town clients. So with me having a network of people, if they don't know anybody, then automatically I'm giving them people on my team and they're able to work with them. And it's a great experience all around too. Because one thing too, when you are involving multiple creatives in one project, it just goes a lot smoother when people already kind of have familiarity with your working style, all of that. It just makes it so much smoother versus when you're outsourcing people from different places you don't know how it's going to mesh together it's just a much yeah. smoother experience yeah definitely yeah. tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about the styling experience like when you're on set with somebody or probably prior to you getting on set like what is that experience like with Atara Styles well it depends I have clients who I serve in multiple capacities some clients I serve directly like one-to-one in person and then some I serve virtually I most of like especially with the pandemic, I've had a lot of clients reach out and want me to virtually style them. So we initially start, you know, somebody inquires, they reach out to me, you know, we get on the phone. I want to hear about your pain points, what your needs are. It's not about me telling you what I can do for you. I need to hear first, you know, what is, what stage are you in, in your style journey? Um, And then go from there. Once we decide what route we're going to go, um, depending on this, what type of service I may meet with them in person, we might go for a shopping date or yeah. we may do a virtual thinning. It really depends on each client's need, but my clients normally fall into one of three buckets. Either they want me to virtual style them because they're not in Baltimore, the BC area. So I'm virtually styling them for the event. They have a photo shoot for their brand. So they're reaching out to me and I'm curating that whole experience or the other aspect of it is they need like a closet curation. They are looking for a personal style. Somebody just help them lead the way, upgrade their wardrobe and tell them what to do because they're lost. Yeah, that's pretty much. That's not like all my problems. Like, <laughs> I feel like you just listed all of my problems. I'm over here looking at a closet now. I'm like, mm, that's trying to look boring. Like I need, I need some spice, the spice of my wardrobe. Yeah, we gonna have to talk there. We definitely gonna have to talk for sure. <laughs> yes, girl. So how did you figure out that this was a passion of yours, the, the styling? I would say growing up, like, I, I would say I was fortunate and very blessed because as a plus size girl, especially growing up in the 90s and 2000s, you know, we only had like a few go-tos you could actually walk into. Online shopping wasn't as big in the 90s. It just started to boom in the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. So our options were your Lane Bryant, your Fashion Bug, rest in peace, Fashion Bug. <laughs> you know, Avenue. Um, I remember Avenue. Has, Ashley Stewart is still kicking. That's one of my absolute favorite brands. Uh, and who else would do we have? I remember Simply Avenue. Uh, what's it, Avenue? Avenue, yes. It used yeah. to be called, and when the beginning, it used to be called Silas Unlimited. And they switched over to Avenue. And they are, they're still out and about. But we didn't have many options. And then when you are, in the 90s, 2000s, imagine, I'm, you know, elementary, middle school age, trying to be in a plus size 
girl growing up. It was hard to find clothes that didn't age me, but still were cute. Yeah. But I feel like my mother and my grandparents, they did a really good job of trying to keep me in good, you know, have me in good clothes and find stuff that was cute. And I was always known to be a well-dressed girl. And I've always kind of infused that, I would say, just what I wear when I go to events and stuff into like my brand, even as a makeup artist. But 2020, when the pandemic hit, shortly after the pandemic got like bad, everything started shutting down. I lost my mother um, in April of 2020. And I really had to take a step back because I've been a makeup artist now for almost 13 years and the passion was starting to dwindle. And I think, I honestly think the pandemic for a lot of people during that time, it was like a, it was a serious wake up call. Like anybody who had a business that required human contact where you actually had to be in front of somebody, like you had to figure it out. Like you had to pivot make something happen. But for me, being in the house all that time, because I was working at home, being able to put on clothes made me feel good, especially with everything I had been going through with grief or whatever. So getting dressed, feeling good, just kind of was a part of my grief process and has helped, style has helped to heal me. And that's where the passion came in because I'm like, I began to correlate how I was dressed with how I'm feeling. And I over the summer of 2020, began to connect with some of my plus size friends, Caroline and Carmen. And they had me come in and work with them on a content series they were doing with one of the major plus size brands that many of you may know. And they asked me to style them. And I'm like, me? Yes. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, pick out our outfits for the videos that you're going to be in with us. So that was kind of the start. And then- I remember those videos. Yes, we had a good time. And um, that's when I was like, okay, then- other opportunities came to style and I was like you know what I'm enjoying this and I can do this it's a but it's a scary thing it's a scary thing it's a it puts you in a place of vulnerability that you have like never experienced before yeah so but um yeah it's it's been since 2020 I've launched Atara Styles and it's been an amazing transition surprisingly like I thought that it was going to be hard I thought that you know my beauty community was going to give up on me like man no we you got to go unfollow you know we ain't with you no more but they have been so supportive you have been so supportive it has been an amazing transition so well received I'm so happy to hear that and you know what this reminds me of I read this book I don't have it I think it's over there somewhere I read this book called Outliers and I would definitely recommend y'all to look look into it but it's like the story of success it kind of tells the story of success in a way that we don't really look at it. We always think that people who are successful in certain things, it always has to be like something was handed to them or they just got lucky or I don't know. But with the book Outliers, it basically talks about how people's circumstances, like their life experiences, like that you don't even realize at the time are kind of like shaping you to become this person. So with you saying like how you were younger, you were a full figure girl in the 90s and 2000s, you got to find place, like you got to go to these places to find clothes, but you got to find a way to put it together in a way that like, it makes you look like a teenager, don't make you look like an old lady. So you got to get creative with styling yourself and everything. So somebody that might come across you like years from now where you're like totally big, and they're like, yeah, she like the styling thing just came out of nowhere, but you've been styling your whole life. I, and it's a, it was a full circle moment for me. Cause even when I thought about like 
even growing up, like one thing I was always obsessed with was biopics and musicals. Like I just was always like engrossed in the costumes. Like Dreamgirls is one of my favorite movies. Sparkle mm-hmm. is one of my favorite movies. Even those aren't, those aren't biopics, though. They kind of speak to certain periods. It's like I'm always obsessed with the costumes before anything else. And mm-hmm. I recently realized that I'm like, I've kind of been into this whole, even though I'm not a costume designer or, or anything like that, I've always kind of been in into like just looking at the clothing without even realizing it yeah yeah so it's all coming together and that's what I love about people like you is like knowing you personally when it's like when I start to see people really step into like what they're really passionate about or what they're really supposed to be doing it really is a different way that you show up and a different light that shines from you that is just so amazing I just absolutely love it so you are definitely on the right track girl I can't, ex- I can't put it into words, but just for anybody who is searching, like they just haven't found that thing yet. When you find that thing and that thing things, yes, people know it like, cause it won't be a struggle. Like it will just give, it will be so much ease and you will feel like, wow, I found my space. I feel like I belong. And that's how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. Yay. Do you have any client success stories that stand out to you? Like maybe energetically, um, when you met them, they were one way. And then after you styled them, you just see, saw them like transform. I, back in, back in like the very earliest part of spring, I worked with a woman. Her name is Taisha. Hey, Taisha, if you're listening. Um, Taisha is actually how I got my name, Style Mother. Um, so Taisha, I worked with her. I reached out to her because um, I met her through a Facebook group. I reached out to her and I was like, hey, you know, we're doing a photo shoot. I would love to have you come in and do this shoot with us. So I remember when I met Taisha, Taisha was, well, Taisha's always been a woman of few words, but I remember when we rolled out this package with her, I went to the store with her and shopped with her and put the, she was like, I would have never put that on, but we tried on multiple options. She was like, I like this outfit. So when shift day came and makeup was done, shout out to Brie and the photography, shout out to my girl, Jay, my assistant. We did the photography with her and all the accessories and everything came together. Taisha was for somebody who went from a woman of few words, she, not that she could not stop talking, but she was just so much full. She was so full of life. Like you could yeah. just see the difference in her. And I remember um, just how her confidence beamed. And for me, that was a major success. And I remember she texted me that evening and she was like, Atari, you changed my life. Aww. That's crazy to me how like from one experience you can impact somebody in that way just with clothes just with beauty a day of glamour and that pampering you just never know a person's story and like that forever touched me and I got to see her again um she came to my Ashley Stewart event Uh and Taisha looked so good like I was just it was just like a proud style mother moment like because she was so used to hiding her body like she had went through this major transformation with her weight and everything and she was just so used to hiding it and I was like to see her with her curves out just how confident she was it was a beautiful thing to see I love that I love stories like that absolutely so I know you mentioned to our friends in beauty makeup you're a makeup artist for 13 years and now you're our style mother. But what were some of the highlights that now that you're reflecting or you can reflect on like your 13 year journey as a makeup artist? Like what are some highlights that stand out to you? Say when I finally taught my very first class um, yes. at that time, that was that was 2019. Yeah, 2019, I taught my very first class and it was an amazing experience just, just to hear however the feedback that I got and just to know that 
so I can impart something on somebody else because you know when we when I started in 09 08 we had Facebook but Instagram wasn't around yet you know and back then it was even more tight-lipped YouTube was just starting to kind of rise so I had to figure out a lot for myself so my place of contribution to the industry was always just being a giver and sharing and wanting to help others who were coming up because I realized how difficult it was so that was a full circle moment for me especially Mm -hmm. when I sat in my very first makeup demo class saying to myself I'm gonna do that one day and to be able to do it that was major Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what was that decision like to like actually quit doing makeup like what kind of conversation did you have with yourself before you made that decision I would say 2020, well, 2020 taught me boundaries, but 2021, it was like, okay, now you got to walk this out, girl. Like I had to realize that that season for me is starting, is beginning to, I had to cross over and I really want to give my all to Atara Styles, but by doing makeup, it was kind of like, almost like starting to feel like it was getting in the way a bit. So I had to pull back a little bit to give my all to that. Um, For me, it's hard. It's hard because it's like you're known for that. I think if it wasn't as easy for me to transition, it would have been harder. But because the transition was so well received, it's just an easy go. And I'll always have that knowledge or that skill set yeah. in case I do have to save the day for one of my clients. Um, or for instance, even now when I have clients on set, you know, a lot of times when they come to me, if their makeup's already done, you know, they're not paying attention to you. They need to be touched up. So I keep an emergency makeup kit with me for my clients, make sure that their lip is touched up, make sure they're powdered and all that stuff. So I kind of still, it's always going to be there. Yeah. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like your identity was a little bit tied to being a makeup artist or that was just something that you did? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> um, I think my identity in the realm of social media was tied to that. Like everybody knew me for that. Like I was known as a coach, a mentor, a a beauty educator. And I think um, in that way, I battled with it. Like I remember one night I just did not sleep. I I stayed up all night. I'm like, I need to figure this out. Like, do I hold on to this thing because this was familiar and comfortable? Do I really take a chance? And I think for me, I kind of got into a space of it's like, something's got to give. Because one thing I will tell you as a stylist, honey, you are working much harder than you are as a makeup artist. I thought we worked hard as makeup artists, but as stylists, it's a whole nother ball game. It's I a whole nother imagine. ball game. Um, so I would say I had to give up one because trying to do makeup kit plus suitcase full of clothing. Originally, when I first, you know, came to the table as a stylist, I was like, well, I'll offer both. I can be a package deal. But when I was doing that, I felt so exhausted and drained. So I had to think about, okay, what do I enjoy most? I enjoy the component of the final product, every, her dress, him dressed, ready to go, being there, coaching them. That's what I enjoyed more. Yeah. 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 I know styling is in your blood and everything, but (laughs) I feel like you're so good at a lot of things. So like how, I mean, that's how I feel. I feel like you're good at a lot of stuff. So I'm always like, how did you choose styling when you could have chose maybe event planning or I don't know. Actually, I kind of divvied a little bit in event planning. Like my godmother, she was she's an event planner. So I used to sometimes help her with things and she kind of inspired me with just her creativity. Um, but event planning on the level of, okay, this is somebody's thing and you have to figure it out. I'm not, believe it or not, I don't do well under pressure. So <laughs> I know it's not for me. Um, and also I did like events at work. I would plan stuff, but it's exhausting. 
mm-hmm. it's exhausting um yeah um but as far as like small things intimate things like brunches lunches that mm-hmm. kind of stuff or you know something intimate intimate gatherings yes public events also can be a little stressful as you know yeah. um a lot of details so I would definitely be outsourcing <laughs> definitely yeah. Definitely. That's where I am now with um, Friends in Beauty. Before I do another, if you're listening, look, I should just put an announcement out. If you are listening, you're an event planner that does like bomb events. That's what I'm looking for before I do another Friends in Beauty event. I don't even, I just want to show up. Like, I just want to give you the idea, the, the vision, somebody execute it. And I just show up and mingle with my people because it is a lot of work trying to facilitate everything and still have to be present like you know the day of but I guess with you helping with your godmother's uh events and stuff like planning shoots and stuff is still kind of like it's small events like you said like you can do that it still is because you still well for me when I it's more than just a photo shoot for me like when I'm thinking especially if somebody's this is your brand this is your baby or whatever Mm -hmm. I'm holding it I'm helping you bring it to be able to walk and talk like for me if I'm doing a photo shoot I'm thinking about every little detail, like, oh, my client might be hungry. Let me bring some snacks. My client might be thirsty. Let's make sure there's water available. So, you know, I think there is that bit of like consideration, like if you were having a party, what would your guests possibly need? I'm always thinking about my client's needs outside of just the clothes. Like, what what could I possibly offer? Or for instance, my client is celebrating a birthday. Let's have some champagne, you know ways that we can make it special or make it make it more memorable for the client. Um, But I will say with um with the event the event planning it can it's a lot but what I will say is I think you'll be able to once you hand that off to somebody you'll be able to really just enjoy the event because when you're trying to coordinate then you also have to mix and mingle you're there all day and you really Uh can't just like immerse yourself in the experience yeah so that's my plan going forward because Mm -hmm. yeah so I wanted to ask you um how does style and confidence align because you mentioned your client earlier not that she wasn't confident before but you saw a change in her once you know she had the whole shebang the hair the makeup the the outfit and then also with yourself not that you weren't confident but you were going through grief and being in the house being able to put your clothes on and feel good like I guess how does style and emotion or yeah style and emotion like how you feel about life and yourself and all of that how does that like mesh I'll say and that I've noticed that just in general especially in the experience of being a plus-size woman a lot of us don't experience that feeling of being cared for being looked out for it's just not something that a lot of us get to experience like for instance imagine somebody who lets you walk around with lipstick on your teeth or uh toilet paper on your shoe you know and nobody says anything but I'm that kind of person that I'm like I'm caring about all the details I'm so for me I'm not gonna allow you to look crazy on set I'm not and I think being cared for in that way, one, makes a person feel affirmed. It makes them feel important. And I think that adds to a person feeling good about themselves when they get in front of that camera. Because a lot of my clients, they're so used to showing the products that they have or the services that they have that when it's time to get in front of the camera, this is like totally new to them. They've never been in front of a camera. So they need that assurance. So I feel like knowing that you look good, like for instance, knowing that you have somebody who is an expert in that area taking care of you versus, oh, I dress myself. I hope it works out. I think when you know that you have hands on you, that gives you the extra boost of confidence because you know somebody is standing behind you like, yes, honey, that's right. 
you look good and you can go about doing your thing. Um, I think confidence in, of course, style or looking good are definitely completely aligned. Mm -hmm. um, the more you look, the better you look, the better you feel. Um, and I think another thing that happens is in the plus size style realm, we've been taught that you have to wear black, that you have to these comfort zone things, no polka dots, no bright colors, no florals, yeah. no no crop tops. You can't wear a two-piece. So when a person is doing something that they've never done and they do it successfully and they do it well, I think that also adds a level of confidence and makes them want to, of course, explore more things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was going to ask you something about, you know, clothing, because that it is that misconception of oh, she's a plus size girl. She can't wear a crop top or she shouldn't be wearing booty shorts or like, what is your opinion on like people just being able to wear whatever they want to wear without it having to be about what size you are? I, you know, I honestly feel like when it comes to style, there is a double standard. There is certainly a double standard. Like for instance, you'll see a smaller woman wear a crop top or dress sexually provocative. Oh yeah, it's hot, hot, hot. But then another, what when a plus size woman does it, it's a problem. You know, it's 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 frowned upon. It's looked it's looked upon in a negative way. There is a double standard when it comes to fashion. But I believe that there are no rules that apply, um, and the limitations that society puts on us don't have to be the limitations that we put on ourselves. And that's one of the things that I have to work with my clients to break down, like because we it's been it's been beating our heads. Yeah. Um, if it's not you know your friends, it's your family. What did your family tell you? Did they laugh at you when you wore something? different you know that they make you feel uncomfortable you know we really have to have these conversations about where it starts and a lot of times for a lot of my clients or just plus size people or people in general it starts at home what were you taught at home about how you should feel about yourself how you look how you should dress um and for instance my one of my clients she's like I've always worn black but the day you put me in color I've never been the same that was major for her whereas for me I'm like it's color but for her it was a major that was a major change mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Society has really done a number because I remember when I think it was like Lane Bryant or something came out with that ad some years ago with the um the full the full figure women in the lingerie, like the bra and the underwear and America, the universe. I don't know. Everybody went wild. I'm like Victoria's Secret gets to do it with these little bony girls <laughs> and then shout out to the bony girls. OK, little bony girls. <laughs> in their bra and underwear but as soon as you put a full figure woman on television like they gotta wear bra and underwear too like what's the problem it was such an uproar I remember that or even just when we talk about that the models or the women that they're using too like we have to step outside of the standard of okay if you're not flat stomach super curvy uh, super voluptuous that can't be the only acceptable standard of what a plus size model a plus size woman is mm -hmm. and I notice a lot of times when they do that this, this model normally is not more than a size 12 you know and most people want to see what they look like um mm -hmm. in clothes before especially online they want to see what they look like before they they want to see their body in those clothes and that's why with the work that I do it's like I want to work I don't want to just work with size 12 I want to work with size 30 I want to work with size 28 you know because I've I've run the gamut, like I've yo-yo dieted and I've been through weight loss surgery and all of those things. And I've been every size. So I know what it's like, what my body looks like and how to dress that body, but I also know how to dress the body that I have now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we need more size inclusivity when it comes to the representation of, of in, in selling plus size clothing or just in 
on runway shows, all of those things. But we also, just more work needs to be done to open that conversation Mm -hmm. in general. Um, Because it's not just in fashion, it's in everything. It's in relationships, it's in the workplace. There's so, one of the things that I feel people don't talk about enough is that size discrimination exists. Size discrimination exists. So I feel like there's not enough conversation about how, for instance, the larger you are, the more disadvantaged you are. Like we have to have these conversations and open up that conversation where people can, we got to shift some of these like norms. Like it's just, I don't know, that's like the backbone of my work, just being able to plus size women to feel seen, unapologetic and bold. And able to feel good. Um, a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, everybody talking about pandemic pounds and gaining weight. Like I'm still dressing for the body I had prior in college and all stuff. No, let's dress you for the body that you have now. Yeah. That's just a sale. Let's get you where you are now, you know, and let's address that. And I think, you know, that's one of the biggest things too. A lot of women as that they cycle in their weight and things like that, that tends to be a, tends a touchy, to be, it's like a touchy thing. Like nobody wants to like talk. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. is is plus size like a, a state of mind or is it like a real thing <laughs> like how do you know if you're plus size because 12 is that plus size it depends now some retailers start at 10 so because I think that, yeah some retailers start at 10 like for instance um Ashley Stewart starts at a 10 12 really? but you know a plus size 10 12 may be different from like the straight size 10 so it gets kind of iffy some people are technically in between um, but yeah, I when I have people sometimes read me like a tar, do you style people who are not plus size? And I do, but my specialty is 10 and above. Like that's where I kind of go with 10 and Ooh, above. I can get style. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's funny because when I look, I wouldn't see you as plus size. That's like, why so I asked. Right, right. I wouldn't see you as plus size, but I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Oh, I'm yeah. so pressed. I'm not losing <laughs> no weight because Atari yeah. has to style me. Funny. <laughs> yes, that's mm-hmm. why I asked because um, I, I lost weight during the pandemic and everything, but I never considered myself <clears throat> like plus size. But I do know when I was younger and like growing up, I was a little bit curvy. Like I've never been like skinny, but I've never been like plus size I've always it's always been like in the middle so my mom actually used to take me to places like Ashley Stewart just to see like if I could fit I think it's because I'm bottom heavy I think that's what it was that body girl yes (laughs) like bottom heavy (laughs) growing up like if I was trying to find something that fit me I wasn't going to find it at like forever 21 or um what stores used to be like express and stuff like that I would have I would literally have to go to the plus size store that's like a 14 year old it was weird so I grew up thinking like, dang, am I a big girl? Like, that, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's like, dang, like I got shopping at Ashley Stewart, but I didn't feel like I was plus size. So it was weird. And you might be like, I would say like an in-betweener. Like you can kind of go both ways. You can mm-hmm. go both ways. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And you yeah. talked a little bit about the mindset work that has to be done, but I really want to know like, what is like, is, are there any conversations like behind the scenes, any pep talks going on behind the scenes to kind of break people out of the mindset of like, dang, I'm wearing neon green right now. And I normally wear black. Like, I don't think I look good in this, but this is like, I don't know, any mindset work that has to go into people being able to step in front of the camera and see themselves in a different way that they've seen themselves for all these years. I like to do is, well, if they're coming to me, 
I feel like there's a level of trust there. One, because I am a plus size girl. I think it's a different experience when you have somebody that's like, doesn't look like you and they're styling you. And it's like, okay, this may or may not work. Yeah. And that's what I say. Like there are plus size. I mean, there are stylists that work with plus size people, but then there are plus size stylists that specialize like myself in body types, actually know the struggles and the pain points and can relate. And yeah. I think that trust really helps um, when I'm working with my clients because they know that I've been through it. I'm living it. And I have the best interest at heart, but I guess as far as like a pep talk, sometimes when I'm out with a client, we might be shopping and they may be like, oh, I don't know about that. But I'm like, just trust the process. Just trust the process. Wait till you see the final photos. And sometimes it takes them actually seeing everything put together. Mm -hmm. Like I think about me when I'm getting ready for an event. Sometimes I might like the outfit, but it's not until hair done, makeup, accessories, everything. Like I'm done up that I'm like, okay, this is it. Like um, I feel like the total package. And I think it was the same kind of, process like when I work with brides as a makeup artist like the consultation like you may have to have them come in white or something so that they can kind of feel Uh, like it's that day so I what I would do is like ask them to come in shapewear so you can see how it looks how it's going to actually truly fit your body bring some shoes so you can see that you know that kind of thing so Mm -hmm. it's just a sometimes it's just it takes them sometimes to get to the final product to be able to trust trust me on it and be like okay you were right you were right mm-hmm. no. yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah. so how's dating as a plus size woman like what is the dating scene like out here what kind of crazy stuff be going on I saw uh oh my god Lakia posted this real that real the other day oh my gosh yes she is a trip I was laughing was so hard like literally I was laughing exactly. so hard. hey Lakia shout out to Lakia um I would say dating as a plus size woman is is it is a, I think it's no, it's the only thing I would say that is different is that you have to kind of weed out because unfortunately in the dating realm, you have men who only want to be yours in the dark and not in the light too. So you mm-hmm. have to weed out and see who really is for you. And then there's also the, the plus size women are sexualized and fetishized and things like that. You kind of have to weed through that and see who really just like genuinely is into you. Right. Um, and dating as a plus size woman I mean that's not something that's on the market for me at the moment but when I was going through that process I would say that you just have to be careful have to be careful and make sure that there's good intentions um value yourself um and know that you are the prize don't chase Mm -hmm. um and unfortunately we have that um as plus size women we have that stigma that we're easy targets low self-esteem so you really if you are not doing the work on yourself like your self-esteem and confidence yeah dating for you it may be difficult or finding a quality partner and I think that's like one of the things that we have to break through is that yes just because you're plus size you don't have to settle yes you can have a quality partner somebody who loves and adores you somebody who is going to treat you well it doesn't have anything to do with size yeah Um, and I think um, a lot of people of, of size tend to battle with that thinking that they can't have a good partner um so yeah I think it's just definitely doing some inner work first um if you're going to go into dating as mm. a plus size person um what else hmm yeah just that just making sure and taking your time take it like for me I took my time yeah. really took my time um I've been divorced so it's like I really have to for me, it's like the next person that came into my life had to be phenomenal. And I just was like, I'm not settling. No, you know, I knew straight away what I wanted. And anything that didn't look like that, 
had to had to go had to go yes. had to go had to go so you really have to be sure of yourself otherwise you can it can be dangerous mm-hmm. dangerous shout out to bay <laughs> hey bay yes <laughs> yeah. oh my god so cute so how do you as a stylist <clears throat> I guess you said it's that level of trust. I'm I'm hearing the answer to my question, but like, how do you really help someone find their style if all they've been wearing is black their whole life? Like, how do you help them find their style? And then also like find their style, but girl, you got to step out your comfort zone a little bit to make this, this, you know, this vision come to life because brand shoes like you said are a big deal and you have to like show up at that brand shoot the way you want people to see you so you don't want them to see you as that old version of you so how do you help people like step out of their comfort zones in that way I think one of the first things is because what I like to do is start at ground zero like I need to know where you are so when we first get together I'm like well what one of the first questions I ask my clients is if your brand could wear an outfit what would that outfit look like like what if your brand was a person and it wore an outfit what would it look like because you know a lot of times people think brand shoe has to be a suit it does not have to be a suit yeah. it could be whatever your brand's personality truly is you know you don't have to hide behind a suit for your brand to be professional and polished mm-hmm. uh, so normally what I ask them to do is do like a Pinterest board or something like that just so I can get an idea of what they envision yeah and kind of go from there so once once the wardrobe and selections are made one of the things we do is we kind of review things and they let me know their feedback let me know what they think and most of the time, one thing I will say for the styling, for the most part, I've never really, quote unquote, missed yet as far as what my client is looking for. Like, I tend to really get in key into what they're understanding. I want to know your story. What is your motivation for reaching out? What are your goals? Like, are we doing this brain sheet because you see yourself having speaking engagements in the future? Are we doing this because you're looking for headshots? Right. Are we doing this because you're going in a whole nother direction? Like, I need to know the whole story. So I'm more of a person that digs deep. And then kind of from there, if they're a person that locks to black well, I'm like okay when you come to me you already know because that's like one of my values as a stylist is that I'm taking women out of black plus these plus size women because our bodies it's not a funeral you know right. we're not here to mourn our bodies it's time to celebrate so most people who come to me they know they're going to get some color mm-hmm. and they know they're going to get some funeral, color you can't wear black <laughs> <laughs> right so it's like I think when they, I, I think one what kind of helps is they know if they're coming to me that they're going to get out of what they're used to. Stepping out of their comfort zone is is a is an absolute must. It's going to happen for sure. Right. So right. they got to be ready. Be ready, y'all. Right. Because you're going to look bomb. That's for sure. What kind of changes would you like to see to the the plus size fashion world? One is definitely representation. Um, even though we've come a long way with fashion and style as far as options, I mean, there could be more. Um, one thing I would like to see is a consistency. For instance, if they offer a style of outfit in a small sizes, make it look exactly the same in a bigger size. We don't want an extra panel or more fabric to cover because it's plus size. Like use the same, use the same design that you gave us for the little one and give it to us on the big side. Like that's what we want to see that continuity throughout for brands that carry multiple uh, multiple sizes. Also, more shoes. Like a lot of plus size brands, for some reason they get shoes, they have them for a while and then they stop doing shoes and they only do shoes seasonal. 
Like for instance, some brands only doing boots in the fall, some only do shoes in the summer. Like one of my biggest struggles being a plus size woman is also having wide feet. And a lot of these brands, like if they do carry plus size clothing, the shoes only go up to a 10 mm. or an 11, but most plus size women fall between a nine and a 13 as far as shoe sizing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially once you get past 11, you really are challenged with finding cute shoes that when they don't look orthopedic, like it's right. hard, <laughs> you know? I would like to see more shoes. Um, I would like to see different silhouettes other than just like, for instance, cold shoulder. Like that's a big thing in plus size. Like any plus size woman who has lived life <laughs> knows that cold shoulder is like it's something they love to put on us. And no, nah, I'm cold shouldered out. So <laughs> just seeing some different silhouettes. Like we want to show our shoulders. We want to have the crops, more crops and, you know, more busty, more busty silhouettes. We want to have, you know, our skirts don't have to be all the way long. Uh, we just, we want to feel sexy too. So bring that, some brands do a really good job of that. For instance, like Rev Dolls is one that is really good with bringing like the sexier uh, clothes. Pretty Little Thing is another brand that is really good with bringing like the sexiness to plus size clothes. Okay. Um, and inclusivity of models, like I mentioned before, just having models that show real bodies, bodies that, you know, have hanging summits, bodies, people who don't have butts, people who don't have hips, like mm-hmm. showing that as well as a, as a, as a model type. Yeah. I definitely can say when it comes to plus size fashion, I, I've gone to like tour it before and gotten um, boots like um, knee high boots because my calves are larger than the average, average size. I don't even know what I am. I'm in the middle, but by, I have big calves. So I actually went into tour it one day. I think I just went in there just to go in there and they had like a plus size section with like these boots. And because I guess plus size women normally have thicker legs my my those boots like fit me so perfect and I also feel like plus size stores always have good accessories (laughs) yeah I can attest to that like I love Ashley's store like they always have nice jewelry sitting out um Mm -hmm. and um and depending one thing I would like to see though is more accessories that are inclusive people who have bigger wrists bigger heads um things like that sometimes that's not always taken into account in the standard clothing store you know the hat may fit it may not fit um mm-hmm. bracelets are not big enough to fit around your arm or the necklace is choking you like yeah. yeah I would like to see that too some expansion with that since we're on the topic of fashion like what's hot right now we just stepped into fall like what's hot right now in the world of plus size fashion um like for instance the the hoodie that you have on that color camel is really hot like just shades of brown is like really popping right now like I think every site I'm on you see a lot of chocolate brown news like it's like this this fall is gonna be a lot of neutrals whole lot of neutrals going on and I mean for if you're looking for a versatile wardrobe you can do so much with neutrals um and shades of brown um another thing that's really popping right now of course, our boots always when the fall comes, everybody transitions to booties and um, thigh high boots. And one thing I love is that a lot of brands are starting to include extended calf sizes for their boots. Um, what else? And of course, fedora hats, fedora hats are hot. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, and another thing that I have really been loving is, of course, well, bodysuits have kind of come back in the past few years, but now it's like so many options for bodysuits because you can do so much with them. You can wear them as a top. You can layer them. It's so much that you can do with those. So, yeah, those yeah. some of the And acid wash has been big, too. Acid wash jeans, okay. um, tapered jeans, jeans that kind of have like the elastic at the bottom because for some reason, 
you know, flares kind of came back this year, like flared out pants, flared, flare leg jeans. You really are seeing uh-huh. like the skinny jeans phase out. So yeah. Oh, and kimonos. I can't forget kimonos are really yeah. big, like dusters, like yeah, super cute. So what is next for you, Atara? I think right now I'm putting my all into atarastyles.com. Like earlier today, we wrapped the video shoot for atarastyles.com. The site will be launching very, very soon. Um, ultimately, um, my goal is to become full time with this. So I've been putting all of my energy into that. Um, just thinking about other things I want to do in line with fashion and style, but outside of just the physical showing up to style someone. So eventually the Atar Styles collection is going to come. And as many of you have seen, uh, the crown collection is coming. So these fedora hats, one of my biggest like pain points as far as wearing hats is that they don't fit my head. And if you have a lot of hair, they may not fit yours either. So if you wear locks and things like that, or if you are a natural girl, you may not be able to fit a standardized hat on your head. So I'm coming out with head-inclusive fedoras, different colors. Like, for instance, this is the white, but I also put the pink out so y'all can see. Um, But it's a whole process. I really, when I come out with this, I'm the type of person when I do something, I want to go, I'm an all or nothing type person. So when I come out with this, I want it to be quality. I want it to be great. I want it to be a great customer service experience. So initially I was like, yeah, I'm going to launch this summer. I'm like, let me slow down. They, them hats going to be there. And I'll be getting a lot of people reaching out. When are you launching the hats? When are you launching the hats? But I'm just like, no, let me. Waiting to get my yellow one. Yes, ma'am. I got you on the list. I promise. I promise. I need the yellow. (laughs) I need the pink, the blue, the orange. I've never tried white before, but I think white might be a vibe too. I probably need all the colors, actually. Especially like, you know, when you, uh, I think for me now, it's like, I feel funny without a hat almost like because I wear them so much like they just Mm -hmm. just add that extra layer if it's not hats for me then a statement I wear like I'll put some glasses or I might do both at the same time but yeah yeah it's like I just feel sometimes naked without it I used to wear hats all the time when I was younger and as I've gotten older I like wearing hats to kind of like minimize oh my gosh (laughs) cover my forehead a little bit which forehead all in your head that all of this this space right here (laughs) Mm-hmm. all of that space but I love I love those salad hats so I already know it's on and popping when you come come out with them guitar styles agency I want to be able to expand like I just added someone to my team like I'm like if you have something that you're trying to do it's like you have to you have to be able to outsource you have to be able to build a team like you can't do it alone so I'm looking at ways to expand um and eventually well, this this will not just be like this virtual presence or this online presence. Like there will be a physical space where my clients can come to me and actually like like a like a real console. Like I'm not saying it's not real now, but actually physically come to my office and we can really have that chat and like have boards up and it, it's coming. It's coming. It's, a, it's gonna be a whole experience. I already know. Yes, yes. I already see my like front desk with my logo on the back. Like I see all of that. Yeah. the grand opening is gonna be popping yes ribbon cutting come on yeah. now come on now that's right I can't wait oh my god <laughs> so at the end of the day like what are you working on your legacy to be say that again that sounds cliche it sounds cliche you want to make a difference in other people's lives but I really just want to leave my print you know I've been through a lot growing up I broke through a lot of barriers I want to show other plus size women that it's possible I want to be a source of 
I'm going to be a role model and I want to be able to have my daughter to have something to pick up on, you know, shout out to Munchie Styles, yeah. <laughs> you know, she, um, she keeps me going and I want her to be able to have something that she can pick up on if she chooses to, like, I never wanted to be one of those parents, like elementary, middle, high school. Oh, you got to go to college. Like whatever her dream is, I want her to pursue it. Um, and she really enjoys the fashion stuff. So we'll see. Okay. Um, so my legacy, I guess, would be being able to help other women uplift them because growing up, we didn't have that many examples in the media of women to inspire us and show us why you can do it all. Size is not a limitation. So I want to be a source of motivation and encouragement for plus size young girls coming up now. Yes, yeah. I love it. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your time. <laughs> Before you go, I have to ask you the, the rapid fire questions. So whatever comes to your mind first, just like spit it out. You don't have to think too hard about it. First one, what are the top three keys to your success so far? Oh, consistency, number one, just showing up consistently, um, being bold and going for it, opening my mouth. That would be the second one. And the third one would be my village, having a support network. Definitely. How do you measure your success? I measure my success by knowing, you know, how I feel when I wake up in the morning. Like when I wake up in the morning, I can't think of anything else but being a wardrobe stylist and knowing who else I'm going to impact. You know, it doesn't drain me. It doesn't make me feel, it doesn't make me feel tired. Like it literally gets me out of bed. All I can think about. So for me, I know I'm successful because now I found that thing. Growing up, I've tried different things. That I thought I wanted to do making jewelry and yeah. um you know just just little different things but it always just not knowing that thing but now that I feel like I belong that's the success for me knowing I'm in my right place my purpose I love it what's the best advice you've ever received take pride in yourself came from my mother like as growing up like she did not let me have ass nothing like projects or whatever no you're not gonna take the easy way out no do that over again and I think that has stuck with me like even when I'm on set like I'm the type of person, nope let me step in that's not right like I just can't let it go if it's not if it's not right like I've always been big on just giving the best presentation the best experience mm-hmm. that I can give possible yeah what advice would you give to someone who I guess they want to change their fashion outlook as a plus size woman, but they're just so frustrated with the options they've been given. And they just sort of like, forget it. I'm going to wear black for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what advice would you give to give that woman to like, it's okay. Like step out of your comfort zone. Like it's something for us out there. We just got to, you know, find your thing. I say try it. Like for instance, if there's ever something I have a doubt about, if I step out in it and I wasn't sure, but then I see the confidence stuff, like, okay, you know, they say, you know, success leads clean. So it's like, okay, I look at when I go out, oh, what kind of reactions am I getting? So try it out. It doesn't hurt to try it, you know? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for you. But sometimes I do little experiments like, oh, let me try this today, mixing this up and see what kind of reaction that gets and, you know, see, you know, how I feel mm-hmm. afterwards. And I'm like, oh, this is something I need to try again. Cause this, you know, this obviously is something that works. Nice. I love it. What's a resource that helps you in your business that you can share with the friends and beauty community? Mm, one thing that I've recently been really heavy into is like using um, stock imagery. Um, and unfortunately, like I, Canva, I love Canva, but Canva does not have a lot of melanin infused don't. stock imagery. So I've been using this uh, resource called Honey Social. Um, it's on Instagram and she has a membership program where you can get 
stock imagery videos monthly and a lot of it is like pretty much everybody that is used if it is a person you'll see different skin tones or it's just relatable in the realm of being a person of color so I've been loving that because it helps to fill out your feed and give you some content yeah Yeah, I like that a lot honey social Mm -hmm. definitely gonna look Mm -hmm. into that Mm -hmm. so the last one I just want you to fill in the blank and say my name is blank and the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is I'm Atara Styles, and the key to longevity and success is simply just never stop showing up. Girl. <laughs> yes. That's the first time that someone has said that or something close to it. And it's so true. I love that one. I love that. Never stop showing up. Because it's inevitable. Like you keep on showing up and giving it your best. It's inevitable. Like we can't tell you when it's going to happen, but success is inevitable. Longevity will happen. Yes. Like if I would have gave up when I first said I'm launching Atara Styles, you know, if I, you know, you got to constantly build momentum. Now it's at the point like where now, like on instance and face on Facebook and things like that, people tag me because they're now associating what used to be the makeup. I'm looking for a makeup artist and now associate me with plus size style, but I had to keep showing up and keep putting myself out there, which was difficult for me because I was used to like, kind of just like, oh, whatever. But you know, you gotta be bold. Like sometimes I just, you know, just introduce myself in different spaces and you just never know how that's gonna lead to your next connection. So yeah, you guys just keep showing up. Yes, absolutely. Before you go, share all of your social media information or wherever you want people to follow you and stay updated and connect with you. So thank you again for having me. Um, atarastyles.com is under design, but it will be launching hopefully before the end of 2021. Atara Styles on Facebook, Atara Styles on Instagram, as well as I'm building up a little something on um, on TikTok. I'm not a big TikToker, but yeah, everything is Atara Styles. So yeah, Atara Styles. You can see it. I don't know if you can see it, but yeah. <laughs> I know that's yeah. right. Atara Styles. Awesome. Thank you so much, Atara. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. So good to catch up with you, friend. Yes, you too, girl. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Friends in Beauty podcast. Don't forget, sharing is caring. Share this episode with at least one friend in beauty and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so that other friends in beauty can find this show. Plus, we'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty, hashtag Friends in Beauty to join the conversation and join our Friends in Beauty Facebook community to stay connected. Talk to you soon.